from the Gospel of Luke and any initial reactions to this gospel? Any initial reactions? Strange. It is strange. Anything else? Jesus validating corrupt practices. Anything else? It's fun. It's fun. I agree. So fun to read the gospel. Yeah. Elodie, what do you think? Um, What's your first I reaction? Think, I think okay. that he should fire him because he's like, because he's like, I'll give you this much, and and he's like, if you take me in, I'll give you this much. Mm -hmm. He's just like, and they're like. Right, so Jesus isn't firing anybody, right? He's telling a story, a made-up story, a parable, about a person who owns land and then dealing with their kind of manager, the person who deals with their accounts, basically, and what, what they're going to do when this manager is being dishonest, right? So what is the kind of core thing this gospel is about, would you say? It's about money. Isn't that interesting? Did you know Jesus talks about money in the Gospels more than prayer? That's a true fact. Um, Jesus talks a lot about money. Why do you think he talks about money so much? John Carlo. Maybe because he loves money. Do you think Jesus loves money? That's a really good guess if he talks about it so much. Maybe Jesus is really rich. Okay, these are good guesses, Elodie. Maybe Jesus is trying to show um, about, like, he's trying to use money as something to show his giving. Maybe Jesus is using money to be really giving. Is that what you're saying? But, like, he's using the money to show, like, about, like, giving. So he uses yeah. money to show, like, giving this out. Yeah, I think, so that's so, oh, yes, Carter, what's your idea? I think he's thinks like he's trying to teach that money is the most important thing. Like it, it because that's not the thing that stands in the way of Okay, so Carter's idea is that maybe Jesus thinks that money, he's teaching that money is not the most important thing and that actually money often stands in the way of us worshiping God, right? Awesome ideas. Paige, what do you think? Awesome ideas, you guys. So I think this is so cool to think about Jesus. Now, let's think about it. Jesus did not have a lot of money. Did you know that? Jesus did not even have a place to live. Isn't that interesting? He didn't even have a house. He did not have a lot of money. He kind of traveled around and depended on other people to take care of him. He, he would go to someone's house and say, can I please sleep here tonight? Do you have any dinner for me? He kind of was waiting always for people to take care of him. Isn't that interesting? And in a way, I think, like Carter said, he was kind of modeling this way of living, showing people that money is not the most important thing, but that God is the most important thing, and our relationships with each other are the most important thing. So I think it's so important to actually think about money and talk about money because Jesus talks about it a lot. 
And do you guys, I would just like to see a raise of hands with the grown-ups. Like, do you think about money a lot? Like, we all do, right? We all have to be thinking about money. We have to have jobs to make sure we're making enough money. We have to make sure we're paying our bills, our utility bills, as Elodie was asking me what those were earlier today. Um, we have to make sure we have a place to live so our children can have a place to live, right? We think about money a lot. So I think in our kind of, in our society, it's like kind of impolite to talk about money, would you say? Yeah. It's, it's so annoying, honestly, because mostly because Jesus talked a lot about it. And I think the reason is because Jesus really knew us so deeply and knew how emotionally connected we were to money and how much money kind of is this really personal thing that makes us feel really vulnerable to talk about. Would you say? So Jesus saw, like Elodie was saying, I think, Jesus saw what I think is the power of money to do good. The power of money in, when we give it away, right? He really saw, because it, it, money is powerful, don't you think? Jesus one place says, where, you, where your treasure is, your heart will be there, right? He says, where you put your money is where you, put, is where you value things. You put your money in things that you value, right? There's a way we kind of talk about it these days of saying, you vote with your dollars, right? The things we spend money on are really the things we're like supporting and contributing to, right? So we have this example of this steward in this story who, who realizes he's in trouble. He's in trouble, right? How am I going to compete with this cuteness right here? <laughs> Laura's going to even make it worse if I show everyone online. The cute, it's adorable. The cute brothers. It's going to become wrestling soon. So. That's good. So the steward's in trouble. Now, there's some things we don't really know about this story. We don't know much about the steward. We don't know really if he was more of kind of a slave than a worker. He might have been someone who was actually not allowed to leave, right? So his way of going about and getting people's debts decreased was probably a way that he was just trying to survive and make sure that when he was kicked out of this situation, he was going to have a way to survive, have other people who he could depend on. So it's hard to look at the story and say, oh, he was dishonest. He was bad, right? There's probably more of a complex situation happening here. But I do think the last line of this story gives us a clue. It says at the end, what does this last sentence say? Anybody want to read it to me? You can't worship both God and money. That is an interesting sentence, don't you think? So that makes me wonder, what do you think it means to worship someone or something? I wonder what that means. John Carla, what do you think? them. I think that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Anybody else know? What did you think? What does worship mean, do you think? Okay. Ken, what do you think it means to worship something? To give thanks to that which gives, provides for you. Okay, to give thanks to, like, to acknowledge and recognize and be grateful to. So Jesus is saying, like, we can't we can't um, 
we can't like live our whole lives for the purpose of money and also for God. We kind of have to choose. But do we choose, like if we're choosing to worship God, do you think we just like have to like completely disregard money? It seems like this parable to me is giving us this place to wrestle with the reality that we're all in, which is like, we want to be disciples of Jesus and we like live in the world where we have to have jobs and provide for our children and get a retirement so we're not, you know, destitute when we're old, right? Like we have to continue to engage with this system of economy. And I think what this story is giving us is an opportunity to kind of wrestle with those questions of what is dishonest wealth, you know? What is honest wealth? Is there such a thing? How do we engage with money in a way that actually is worshiping God in the end? And so I don't think this parable, like usual, it doesn't give us a clear, easy answer. It's not a bummer. Don't you wish always that Jesus would give us clear answers about things? People ask me questions a lot. What do you, what does Jesus think about this? I'm like, I don't know. You know, here's some random things he says. Not random, but various things. Well, I think another clue is on page one. We have this other reading today from the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible. And it's from this book called Amos, and he was a prophet, a person who talked, spoke for God to the people, and he says that God notices when we use money to oppress people. God notices when we use money to oppress people, and when systems of economy and money are used to keep people poor and keep people oppressed, God notices. And it says, I will never forget a single thing you have done. Woo, that just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. God is the God who notices oppression and will not stand for it and will never forget it. And that's kind of scary because we all operate in these systems that are oppressive, right? So I think the invitation here as, as followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus who are living in the world, who do have to buy things and also want to buy things, you know, we have this kind of whole world that we're living and operating in it's this i think gives us the um invitation to really wrestle with what money means to us and what we spend our money on and consider alternative ways of living that are really radically different like this weekend we've been living up here at camp and it's sort of like we're living in a commune which is my dream living situation basically because we've all been parenting each other's children right and to me, it's been so much easier to be a parent when there's 10 parents around than when it's just me and my husband and our little nuclear family. Like I'm really feeling lately like the, the individual nuclear family is not the way we're meant to live <laughs> um, as parents. Um, when I live in a moment like this, you know, I'm like, this is what I think God desires for us to really live in community. And I like long for that and I mourn this when we leave, you know. Um, so I think if you're looking for an excuse to go sell everything and go live in a commune of tiny houses, you can find it here in the Bible. Um, and I think we also can find in this encouragement to really wrestle, I think, for grown-ups and kids with what is money? What does it mean to us? What do we, how do we participate in systems that are unjust? with our money and how can we use our money to build new systems 
that are about liberation and freedom for people. And there's so many ways to do that. Um, and so now I feel like I've been talking too long, and so I'm going to wrap us up. But there are, on the back of your packet, I put three little reflection questions for you to think about, either on your drive home, or maybe you could do, if you want to journal about them, you can. There's some space. But the questions here are, where do you feel the tension between serving God and serving money in your life? Do you ever feel that tension, and where is it? Is it in making certain decisions about money, um, decisions about relationships, supporting other people? When was a time you felt financially supported by your community? What are the ways you feel financially unsupported? Which I have a lot of answers to that. Just in society, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and how did your week at Camp Stevens affect what you think about this parable? This kind of idea about an alternative way of living and community.